Welcome back, everybody, to the Rooted in Logos podcast, episode number 82. My name is Brad. I am joined, as always, for the most part, by my dear friend, Austin. Austin, how you doing, my friend? I am doing excellent. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, guys. Welcome to our Christmas episode. Uh, we are joined this week by our third wheel, uh, Carter. Carter's here. Hello. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Happy Thanksgiving. And uh, our special guest, friend of the show. Where are we on this? Spe- special friend. Special special friend. <laughs> Sorry. My, my beautiful, beautiful wife, Emily. Hi. <laughs> Emily is back uh, once again. She did such a great job on... Our Advent episode that we're like, well, you have to come back for the Christmas episode because, here, here. you know, it no, was wonderful. I left it all on the field that time. Did you? I'm just sitting here this time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's true, but it's not. So, it's- as indicated, this is our Christmas episode. It is going to come out just a few days before Christmas. So, we're excited for just the time with family, some time off work, mm-hmm. time to eat, time to celebrate, get some, get some and nice like gifts. Two degree weather. Yeah, it's going to be really cold. Wind here. chill Christmas Eve is like negative 26. I heard that That's Thursday <laughs> could either be like no snow or like a lot of 13 snow. feet or like a blizzard. Yeah, it's supposed to be like rain. <laughs> or just an apocalypse. But that's Indiana. Or yeah, just so rain. maybe snow, which, I don't know. That's, that's Indiana for you. Either nothing <laughs> at all Which means it'll probably be everything. 60 degrees. It'll be 65 and sunny. <laughs> True. Yeah, I'll take it, honestly, at this point. But So, so yeah, we're gearing up for some nice cold weather this Christmas, and we hope you guys are uh, just ready to celebrate Christ's birth and, and ready to get into the holiday spirit. I really like that Christmas is on a Sunday this year. Obviously, it happens, what, every eight years? Seven or eight, yeah. Seven or eight years? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. That seems scientific. Look it up. Uh, no. Probably not. Our leap year throws everything I know. Off. That's why. That's kind of why I went with eight. But anyway, it doesn't happen very often, but we're excited. It was really cool. Uh, we had a group chat going with my, my, with my family, and they were like, so, you know, we normally do breakfast in the morning with everybody, open presents, then do lunch. Uh, with it being on Sunday this year, what do you guys want to do? Do you want to skip church and, and just do normal? Or do you want to do, you know, go everyone go to church and then we'll meet up for lunch and do everything then? Yeah. And it was unanimous, let's go to church, which was really cool. Good. Um, we'll talk about so, that. That's good. Yeah, that's we're going to talk good. about that, yeah. The only <laughs> thing I don't like about it being on Sunday is that I only get Monday off. If it was like a Monday, Tuesday, I'd get two days off of work. That's true. That is true. I get Monday off, too, as well. I only get Monday. Friday might be a half day, but I don't know. That's Probably. sweet. That's a rough life. <laughs> <laughs> Having to work for money is bad. My time off is right now, actually. <laughs> this is the moment. Mm-hmm. Our, our children are not here, so. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so, uh, we're excited for this. Uh, so, before we get started, get into the topic, um, I want to know, you know, last time we were doing the Advent episode, I asked you about your favorite Christmas movie, favorite Christmas song. This time, I would like to know your favorite food for Christmas. Like, what is is there a traditional or a family tradition or a meal that you all do that just you look forward to every year? Um, Austin's laughing, so I'm going to start with you. Probably baklava. Oh, yeah, baklava. Baklava for sure. Baklava. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, not... It's dessert, but it can be eaten yeah. all the time, forever. Absolutely. So yeah, that, that's mine for sure. Emily, concur. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I'm... Now, do y'all make it homemade, or do you buy it from a store? Or do you buy it from? <laughs> we make it. What? Make it homemade. <laughs> but, but have you seen thing, what though. they put in store bought baklava? I have not. We got I'm... it once because I was like, "Wow, I've never seen it around here," and it was gross. And the ingredient list was 
even worse. Atrocious. Yeah, Atrocious. it was awful. No, like, like our uh, our Christmas. Uh, what's it called? Um, when, tradition. Tradition. Our <laughs> Christmas tradition is make bark lava at like midnight. On Christmas Eve. On Christmas Eve Eve. Yeah. And that's also our Thanksgiving tradition. <laughs> it has to be late. It has to be it late. Does, not because it has it's to be. It's just because. It's never planned to be late. It just always just ends always up being late. late. Yeah. yeah. So now it's a tradition, and I think we're also maybe a curse. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go with curse for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only time I've ever had baklava is at this little restaurant in Louisville called Jerusalem Kitchen. They oh, he, yes. he makes it homemade, and I it's am yes. writing fantastic. that down because so I keep we, forgetting that. Yeah, we, we talk about going there all the time. Jerusalem Kitchen. Yeah, we, okay. I tried last week to go. Didn't work. Oh, no. Not bitter. Carter, what's your favorite? Wow, we went that was to so Boom, We went to Boombas instead, and it was amazing. It was oh, moderate. Oh, did you just it not get the kids to Moderately late? okay. Anyway. Huh? <laughs> Carter, um, what, what about you? I don't really have any family traditions, so I guess just cinnamon rolls. <laughs> Make one this year. Just one yeah, cinnamon start roll? start it. Just <laughs> one. A giant one, actually. <laughs> but it has to be like... Special cinnamon rolls, not no, just like normal one, like I or glaze or something. I was looking at Pinterest today on uh, Christmas desserts, and I saw this thing. It was called hot chocolate lasagna, and I want to make that. It's Didn't you layers. tell me you weren't making anything this week? I was trying to find something to make for this week. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. It was for this week, and I was going to make it, but I don't know. I haven't decided if I want to. Carter's my personal dessert maker for the past like. And a months. chef, I made Alfredo yeah, casserole. That's true. That's true. true. Yeah, sweets, once I have the baby, he's going to be like, all right, you're on your own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so on my end, so I'm not, oddly enough, I don't really like roast that much. People don't cook it right. People dry it out. It's, it's just never something I've really enjoyed. I don't like so with all the carrots and all the stuff in it. I'm not a fan of that either as much. But my grandma makes this roast on Christmas every year, and she's tried to change it uh, from time to time, and we've revolted and said, no, we, we won't come over if you don't <laughs> make this roast. It is the best meal of the year, her her Christmas roast. I don't know why it's so good. Which grandma? Uh, on my dad's side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, on my mom's side, we just do like finger foods. They get a ham and just like munch on ham all day. With your fingers? Nice. Well, yeah. You put it on little buns. <laughs> yeah, spiral ham. You it I had a ham that was like <laughs> marinated in Coke. And it was I've good. heard of that. It doesn't sound good, but it was pretty good. No, a lot of people cook with Coke. You can do a lot of things with Coke. Really? You can take Super rust off a nail with Coke. Yeah, you can like erode the inside of your stomach too. <laughs> no, you can take corrosion off a battery. Yeah, like right. a car battery. Blood off yeah. the pavement. All right. So anyway, that is. I, there is no easy way to transition this, and so just <laughs> a little behind the scenes. We just had this whole long conversation that lasted three or four minutes about other things. Other things that squirrels. We, we went on a rabbit trail. And it's not going to make the podcast. So um, I, I don't know how to transition this other than just to admit what we just did. We just had a little conversation that is gone now, and you don't know what it was. So It's okay. Now we're so going anyway, to talk about Christmas. Your grandma's roast. My grandma's roast is amazing. <laughs> Shout out roast. All right. And also, it's very unfortunate that you don't normally get a good roast. I know. it. it people dry. It's so easy to dry out and just not be good. Come but it's so easy to R- not it's dry so out. It's so easy actually. to be good. Right, like, exactly. I'll eat it out of a can. Carter. <laughs> just maybe that's also so Christmas. <laughs> Christmas. We're talking about. All right. So if Christmas. you guys remember back to our Advent episode, if you haven't listened to that, check that episode out before you finish this one. Uh, that was what two episodes ago, I think. Three episodes I think so. ago. Yeah. 
anyway, check out the Avon episode. We had Simon and we had Emily on for that one. Uh, listen to that one before you listen to this because it's going to kind of go hand in hand. We mentioned a lot of topics on that episode that we're going to get into on this episode. It's true. This might be a four-hour episode. That is fine. <laughs> uh, we can make it a two-parter. Yeah, or put out just, one every day this week. I could. <laughs> right now I have one in the bank and then this one, so we can make it as oh, long yeah. as we need to go. So, <laughs> so we're going to dive into the topic of Christmas. I, you know, I, I kind of want to start with this question, to, to impose this question to you guys, because you hear this all the time. Is Christmas a pagan holiday? Mm. Did it start because of the pagans? Did Christians steal it? From those people. I think that is an excellent question. (laughs) And I think before we answer that question, we need to get into the calendar. So Let's get it. A a bit interesting. Why why do we talk about the calendar when talking about Christmas? Well, I think that's a good question, too. We go after, or we follow the, I believe it's called the Gregorian calendar. Uh, We use AD, Anno Domini, Year of Our Lord. Not after death. Not after death. That is correct. Anno Domini. It is Latin. So there was a man in the 5th century. He was a Scythian monk. His name was Dennis. Or like to to properly... Dennis? Well, (laughs) it was shortened. His his real name was Dionysius. Okay. And then shortened to Dennis. And his nickname was... That makes way more sense. Was Exiguous. His nickname was Exiguous. He was also known as as the Little, or basically his name meant the Insignificant. Dennis the Insignificant. He's one of the most significant people of church history, by chance, and Exiguous proposed to change the calendar date to go based off the birth of Jesus. In his calendar, the new year would begin on March 25th, the Feast of... I can't read my own handwriting... On March 25th, it is the Feast of Annunciation, nine months before Christmas. The calendar wasn't changed for another 1,000 years until Pope Gregory XIII reformed the calendar in 1582, where the 1st of January was the beginning of the year. So all the way up until Pope Gregory, they actually used March 25th as the beginning of the year, because everything that Insiguous or Dennis all the the information that he had to go on, he calculated Christ's conception at about March 25th. And so, most of the Catholic Church, and pretty much all of it until this time, they went ahead and changed the calendar to March 25th as the beginning of the new year. Because the idea is Jesus lived a perfect 33 years from conception to death. Yeah. And so that would be how they lined up Christmas at the time they did. That's very cool. And... and- uh, further proof that even in those days, life began at conception. conception. Exactly. Exactly. So, we now know that Jesus was born in 4 BC, instead of off of uh, Dennis's calculations, and not four years later at basically year one, Anno Domini. Zero. Yeah. yeah. But why should our calendar be based off of Jesus? Okay, so that's the question now. It marks the beginning of his reign on earth. Luke chapter 1, verse 33. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And then Isaiah 9, 7. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold 
it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. So why are we going based off of Christ? It's because he's our King and our Lord. Now, we're not just the only ones who do this. Here, here's a few examples. So there's a guy by the name of Emperor Dion- Dioclesius or Dionysius. Oh, my goodness. Ecclesius. Dioclesius. Thank you. I can't read my own handwriting. Uh, he tried to change the calendar system to begin when he became emperor in 284. Of course he did. Right. And then another, uh, he was one of the Jewish false messiahs, Simeon Barcoba, or Barcopa. He tried it as well in the first century. The devotes of the French Revolution did the same, trying to match the calendar and the events of the world with the date of 1792 when the French Revolution took place. So basically, everyone wants it to be whenever something important happened for them. For them, exactly. And what makes more sense than the king of the universe to then establish our calendar system based off of his birth? So it is an important thing that we have the calendar system that we do. It is based on the birth of the king and ruler. Now that that's established, now we're looking at is Christian pagan. Okay. Well, Christmas. is Christmas is, pagan? Is, is Christians Christian? are not pagan. Thank you. I appreciate As a general that. rule. As a general Have rule. You s- Never mind. Have you looked? Have you been around Christians? lately? Okay, all right. But, uh, like I said, as a general rule, <laughs> we are not considered pagans. So yeah, is Christmas pagan? So our presupposition is that no, it's not. Why? Because Christians began celebrating the resurrection of Christ from the beginning, a weekly Easter on Sunday, and then an annual one. Although they were a little bit slower to celebrate his birth, it was just a matter of time. They began celebrating his birth in the 3rd to 4th century. So yeah, we're looking at this as, is this a takeover of a pagan holiday, or was this, they took it from us, or they emulated us, or they started to copy us. And from my understanding, from my reading of history, from everything I've seen is, they adapted it from us. This is not us taking over one of their days. This, this is them taking it from us. When it's not even on the same day. <laughs> it's not. So, yeah. So, like, so uh, it's Sol Invictus. It's uh, the sun god of Rome. That was established by Aurelian in AD 274 when Christianity was already a major force. So, who is copying who? Right. And, and I mean, what you said is on the same day. Winter Solstice is what? The 20... The 17th. 17th. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're, you know, you're. That was two days ago. Right. So from this recording, Saturnalia. Yeah, it's like a week off. Right. Saturnalia. It occurred on December seventeenth. So I mean, we, yeah, we didn't take it over. The pagans tried to take it from us. And how many other holidays happen in this same week? I mean, you've got just in this couple week span, you've got multiple holidays. This is the same time that we're celebrating Hanukkah yep. and all the other holidays that have been made up since then that may or may not be real the, kwanzaa exactly. is that real yeah i, don't I, know. I wasn't even gonna give it oh i thought you were talking about it. like christmas eve yeah and christmas eve okay. Carter. <laughs> and new year's day right okay we've got plenty of holidays that are from different groups different religions or yeah. whatever you want to call them but nobody is saying oh man the you guys stole this. Christians stole Hanukkah. Like, nobody's <laughs> right. saying that, but right. what was here first? Hanukkah. Hanukkah, <laughs> Hanukkah was here first. And, and, and scripture actually talks about Christ going to the Feast of Lights. 
Christ went to the celebration of Hanukkah. Right. And well, he was a he was a Jew. He was a Jew, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it yeah. was his victory. <laughs> it's his victory. Yeah. yeah. But okay, so from everything we're saying, that we Christian Christianity did not steal Christmas from the pagans. Right. We started celebrating Christ's birth, and then they started celebrating something after us. And even if they did, would <laughs> and that's the question next. It's like okay, let's say, let's say that going based off what a lot of Christians have been saying for a long time, saying that Christianity stole the the Christmas day and holiday from pagans. Okay, victory, victory, <laughs> and that's that's it. It's okay. Even if we did, it goes back to who made the days. Who is Lord over the days? Today is a day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We take it over. We Literally, we, we, we're going to conquer it back because it's the Lord's day, no matter what. So if it's a pagan holiday, we're going to defeat it and say, you know what? If we decide to put something else here, we're going to do it. Why? Because Christ is king and he is reigning on high and we're going to do it anyway. Yeah, so replace anything. Replace everything. <laughs> replace it all. If all That's these pagan holidays throughout the year, take it over. Take them all over. Why not? Or just get rid of them. Or get rid of them. That too. That's fine. So yeah, I, it's cool looking even at um, Dennis, the insiguous or whatever his name was. Let's call him Dionysus. Dionysus. I just okay. Here, professional here, than every time you Dennis. say Dennis, here's where I, here's where my mind goes. Dennis Beach. We, we've, you know, we, I think we've all talked about this, but Carter and I, I I've made this joke to him a couple of times, where you, you have unique names for your kids. And I just feel like the fifth one, or at some point, randomly, you're going to name them a quote-unquote normal name. Like and I, so, like, Dennis. <laughs> like, I, we have all the... Here's Dennis. <laughs> I feel like every time you say Dennis, I just that's what I picture is you've just named one of your kids Dennis. Well, hmm. I can tell you, unless God comes to me in a dream and says, you're going to name your child Dennis, that it won't happen. <laughs> I anyway. No, no, it wasn't a shot. Because I, I love I love your name, the names of your kids. I just, I would find it really funny if one of them was named Dennis. Dennis? Okay. It would break my soul if I had to do something like that. But, again, if God comes to me, or his angel. <laughs> Dennis Loop, if you're listening to this in a few years... <laughs> That's pretty funny. Good job. Way to think of that one. Now I need to know what Dennis means. Oh boy. <laughs> Follower of Dionysius. <laughs> that so would be why he's Greek mythology Dionysus was the son of Zeus. That's oh. that okay, now oh, okay. I remember. That's why he changed his name to an insiguous. Alright, throw, okay. throw that in there. Boom. There we go. I mean that was in there. What a great this little rabbit trail. That was educational. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> It was a good moment. That's why we don't name our children Dennis. <laughs> anyway. I'm sorry. Don't clear at me. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Going back to the Lord being the maker of the days. Even if this was a true pagan holiday, uh, no, the, the days are not pagans. They're gods. So, we're, we're taking it over. But we're not taking it over because it was already ours to begin with. So... We have then taken dominion of this day, if that is the case. So much so that for years the pagans have been trying to disrupt, demolish, get rid of, so much so that we can't even say Merry Christmas anymore in public. 
Uh, and it has been for at least the past 30 to 50 years. No trees on public property. Basically, it's an affront to Satan and the world. And worse, he's gotten the pagans to convince the Christians of this, too. Well, <laughs> it, That's the bad part. Politically correct, right? And, and just this idea that Merry Christmas is offensive. Uh, you know, that's dumb. That's right. Dumb. Well, and, and really what it comes down to, it bare bones, it comes down to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Mm-hmm. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Now, most people will hear that and say, wait a minute, you're talking about Christmas. You're not talking about the gospel. How does the gospel start? Without Christmas, without the birth of Christ, literally there'd be no point on earth. Christmas is the point for everything. Without Christmas, there would be no Passover. There would be no Easter. There would be no resurrection. Nothing. Nothing. No uh, salvation. No salvation. <laughs> uh, that's what. Okay. So we've talked about this a couple weeks ago. We talked about my advert, aversion to Christmas music as a general rule. Part of the reason there's many reasons. A lot of them are superficial Low and quality. just <laughs> and it, it, yeah, superficial. Like I don't like the melody. I don't like the repetitiveness of some of the things. But one of the reasons is the ones that are like theologically sound and good. They sound so depressing. They're like, so they're not, moody. They're not joyful. They're, they're not moody. They're not expressing yet, the joy of the Lord. Christmas coupled with Easter or Resurrection Sunday should be the two most joyous days in the Christian world. Yes. Period. And the music, we do a good job on Resurrection Sunday of having the music be an upbeat and, and just, woo, let's go. Okay, I know I know you're giving me that look of like, uh, No, music. I'm saying, I'm oh, with you. I agree. You agree with yeah, that. Yeah, okay, I'm agreeing. Cool. But yeah, we do a good job of that. We don't do that no, good of a job on Christmas. No. And, no, and it becomes somber, somber and yeah, yeah, and just kind of melodramatic. And it's like, it came but, upon a mid- no, sorry, But that seriously, that's. Uh. <laughs> but that's how we do it all year round, too. That is true. So it's not new. No, you're right. And it's not special. So but, I just would like to see us be more joyful on, and on make, Christmas. And making it more special. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's what we're here for that's why we're doing that's kind this of podcast. our mission is to make to bring out the joyfulness side of it instead of just hey let's let's all be crying together about a silent <laughs> night you know it's like i, I will say <laughs> i look at that because we do the 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 candles on silent night with all the lights out mm-hmm. at the end of the service i actually kind of like that it's, it is reverence it's a little more I, right. I, I don't look at that as much as like somber yeah, but, but that's just because of the placement of it in a service. That might be true. The song right. on its own is just sad. Okay, that's true. You, you <laughs> might be, yeah, you're probably right on that one. Although Sovereign Grace redid it with uh, Silent Night, Lonely Night. Have you heard that? I do not participate in modern remakes. <laughs> no <fair>. offense. <laughs> no, that's fair. Sovereign Grace has actually put out some Christmas music that I don't hate. Oh, all right. So, shout out Sovereign Grace music. Cool, cool. Based in Louisville, Kentucky. What about that one guy you were listening to? Mark Martell. But he could sing the phone book and I'd be he happy. He knew that so quick. <laughs> yeah, he knew exactly. <laughs> that was <laughs> last <laughs> week. It was. So, I yeah. Do, oh, and, and to correct the last time, my other favorite Christmas song is also Mary Did You Know. And I know it's become a pretty cliche one, but lyrically, it's and even just the progression of based. all of <laughs> the whole song is, it's they do a good job. They make it somber enough, but also like... It pumps me up too. It does. You're like, Whoa, it builds. It's so it true. builds it the emotions. Builds. Yeah. yeah. 
Also, can we just acknowledge real quick before we get back on track? Written by a comedian. Yeah, I know. Written by Mark Lowry. Do you know who Mark yep. Lowry is? Mark He's a Christian, Lowry. A One of the like original Christian comedians. <laughs> the original. Like super goofy, super just like if you ever watch his videos, he, he is gro- really goofy. But even all of his comedy is about like hymns and growing up yeah. with that. So he has a rich understanding and he gets music the way it's supposed to be. I don't think he um, is all on board with all the modern stuff. So More water references. <laughs> <laughs> Mountains, valleys. <laughs> we can't. We can't go there. Anyway, okay. so anyway. all right. So we we've covered the pagan side of things. Is it a pagan holiday, or are we are we good? I think for, we're good. Think Definitely we've not. That? No, it's not. It, it, Answer. It's not. And here's no. why. No. <laughs> Um, it is not a takeover of a pagan holiday. My and other even if question, it were, that's still good. <laughs> that's right. No, that's right. Yeah. My, my next question would be trees, Christmas trees. Ooh, that's good. Uh, people will say that was also stolen from the pagans. Uh, I, I can't remember exactly what they claim. They claim it's like they for spirits or something. Jeremiah, what is it? Jeremiah 10. I'm going to go ahead and go to it. Let's do it. We also did hit on a little bit of that on the Advent, Advent episode. Talking about Boniface, Saint Boniface. Oh, I'll retell retell Boniface. That's fine. (laughs) We know. So yeah, Jeremiah chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. For the customs of the people are vanity. A tree from the forest is cut down and worked with an axe by the hands of a craftsman. They decorate it with silver and gold. They fasten it with hammer and nails so that it cannot move. Their idols are like scarecrows in a cucumber field. And they cannot speak. They have to be carried, for they cannot walk. Do not be afraid of them, for they cannot do evil. Neither is it to them to do good. So the common rebuttal for Christmas trees in Christendom, and and, and some atheists saying that Christmas trees are idols. Christmas trees are takeover from pagans. And a lot of people go to Jeremiah for that. It's like, okay... What was Jeremiah talking about? What's the context of the verse? Literally, Jeremiah was talking about graven images. Uh, when the, the, Egypt, or when the Israel came out of Egypt, and they're at the base of Mount Sinai, well, Moses is getting the uh, Ten Commandments. What are they doing? They're down there. They cut down a tree, and they made an ox out of it. Or they made a cow or whatever. Yeah, they did. collected all their gold and... Melted and it. And melted it and then it they covered it with silver and gold, so so on and so forth. Yeah. This is not t- cutting down a tree, walking it, placing it in your house, and then putting tinsel on it, and therefore it's a pagan ritual. Well, no, it's who made the tree? God made the tree. He literally, God knew what that tree would be made for and used for because God God knew what seed out of what pine cone out of what tree would fall where and turn into that tree. I will unless say, it's a fake tree like Brad has that I don't want fake. him to have. I, say, I will say mine's, mine, I think, was probably made in China. By people created by God. And then it probably is pagan. That's fair. But no, 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 no. Christmas, tree, Christmas trees are not pagan. God made those trees. Those are his trees. Right, now, we can make an idol or a lowercase g god out of anything, Literally anything that anything. he has given us, all good things come from God. Mm-hmm. We destroy them. I was saying, <laughs> so, all, all things are warped by us. Right, right. Yeah, and yeah. unless we're, I don't know, worshiping the Christmas tree, which if you are, then for sure <laughs> seek help. <laughs> That's We'd love good. to talk to you, honestly. Yeah. Like, that'd we be chat. Great. We'll chat. Yeah. <laughs> or you guys will. 
But if, as a, as a believer, if you're going to go cut down a Christmas tree or buy a fake one, I would advocate for a real one, but that's just me. Messy they are. And me. They much I love cleaning. They're like $10 right now at JC. I have told him if he bought one, I'd put it up. It's December 19th. I'm not going to go get a tree that will get... That's fine. Not Keep it up, up until Epiphany. Yeah. That's what we do. That's what we do. We'll, we'll get there in a minute. Sixth. We'll get there in a minute. Or is that January 6th. Talking about that? <laughs> January 6th. Uh, Brad's keeping that one up till March. Epiphany is when we when we celebrate when the wise men show up. <laughs> Just can I defend? <laughs> on the twelfth day. Of <laughs> let me go back to this real quick. <laughs> All right, let's talk about this. Go ahead. I was late putting it up this year. Yes, normally I do it the day no, of Thanksgiving. No, but it was there. It, it was there. It was there. It was there. It was there. Just, Just like not halfway. up. It was like yeah. a three or four day project. It was so, like half half a tree. But that being said, I take it down, and I didn't. Uh, the Epiphany thing is going to be new for me. Whatever that that is. What, whatever you just said. Don't know what that is, so I'm excited for that. No. Okay. But I'm going to learn something. But secondly, I did a really good job last year. I took it down January 2nd on my day off work. Maybe well, it was, maybe, maybe it was January 1st. a good job to just take it down and like, ruin it all the Christmas because joy. Because it doesn't like, need to be up. Long as- we once had one up until like, what? <laughs> February something? It's definitely February something. Yeah, February something. I was. It was right before we had Laurie. Yeah, so it was like February Because I was 20th. like, I want my birthing room to have my christmas tree still in it it'll help me be calm <laughs> did it no i didn't have my baby there either though so. <laughs> <laughs> we did end up taking it down like a week or two before he was born that's true, that's true. Any, Under any, anyway all right so all right let, let's go to january 6th so when should we take our christmas tree down no i thought that was later that he oh, was that that's so fine we do it now because yeah. now, now i want to know you're right, making him the, skip all over his yeah. poor little outline. Oh, he had it's fine. this all lined oh, out. Then go to your next, <laughs> go to your next Chris, Christmas trees were at the end, so we might as well. That's fine. Well, I'm saying Brad's messing it up. I it's am fine. messing it up. That's how I. No, no, it's not. This is why we don't do show it. prep for this moment right here. Right. <laughs> See, this is why I was like, I need to know your outline so that I don't go saying stuff before it's time. <laughs> so, anyway, January 6th, Epiphany. Babe, would you like to. Now you're not even listening. Share. Share I need your full attention. Yes, ma'am. Epiphany falls on january 6th every year which happens to be how many days after christmas do you know nine no 12 (laughs) 12 because of the 12 days of christmas so all of this falls into yes the things that are started by the catholic church (gasps) in general i know can't do that but as you've figured out we're not against all catholic things Anyway, so so yeah, the 12 days of Christmas starts on Christmas. So the first day of Christmas is Christmas. And it, a lot of people do it backwards where you start counting down 12 days before Christmas. But if you're doing it correctly, it actually starts with the partridge in the pear tree. Being, Christ. if you have any history of that song, um, which I, I would encourage you to go look up the origins of that song because I'm not going to go through all of it. <laughs> yeah, but it all yeah. has um, a symbolic or meaning or whatever from the well you you just figured out (laughs) but anyway so yeah so then you have your 12 days of christmas and on the 12th day is the 6th of january which is what we call epiphany and that's where we celebrate the wise men however many there were probably not three maybe three two three maybe six that's fine in my life that song came from home alone that was the first time i ever heard it so that's where it originated is it in home alone what the, the the 12 days of christmas he gets a partridge in a pear tree. Oh. The second one. 
That's right. It was in New York. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. The partridge and the pear tree. I mean, uh, the scripture talks about the partridge calling. and I actually, can't remember how they explain it, though. They actually, might. I think there's a one of the newer, not like the original Christmas Charlie Brown, but like one of the Charlie Browns, one of the kids is like explaining it to some girl. And I was like, wow, they actually put some time and effort into figuring that out. <laughs> I always think of the scene in Home Improvement where Tim is going overboard decorating his house, and he has uh, Dale Partridge, a little cutout of Dale Partridge from the Partridge family, his little head on top of a pear tree. And so he was a partridge in a pear tree. That's funny. (laughs) I learned something else new today. Did not know that that song, which I have loathed from birth, that song has meaning. Did not know that. I just said that. That's true. I know. Well, no, I'm saying I just That's learned, what he learned no, from saying you. I just learned oh. from you. Uh, yes. no. I thought you were just... <laughs> we're keeping no, all this no, in, no, by no, the no. way. I learned no. from, from you that that song has more meaning, so I will look into it. I probably still won't like the song, but... No, it's it. definitely look into it. I will look yeah. into or when it. we're off, I'll just explain it more roughly, because yeah. I don't remember all the details, but... Yeah. It was, so, okay. it was a way to talk about Christ... And tell the gospel story without using those words because of persecution. So gotcha. they came okay. up with different things for each thing. So it is really cool, actually. That's actually really neat. Yeah. I dislike the song less now. Good. Good. <laughs> so, okay, so let me ask you this, too. So it, within church tradition, and, and you hear different things, you hear that the wise men showed up while he was still an infant in the manger. You hear that he they showed up when he was maybe three or four years old in Egypt, like after they fled Bethlehem and went to mm-hmm. Egypt. Like, do you all have any insight? Do you, do you based yeah. on your studies, based on your readings, yes. as to when the wise men showed up? Well, yes. we know it was within the first two years. Within the first, within two the first years. two years. Okay. Well, and and historically, with historical writings, not just scripture, we we see that um, to fulfill scripture, to fulfill prophecy, King Herod died. Okay, so King Herod sent the men out. Once the wise men left, King Herod sent people to kill. The children and then three and under was two, that? And, two under. and under that's why we say so that's why we know the first two years right yeah. Yeah. but then they then fled to egypt but within that year herod died that's one of the few things that the guy the dentist guy insiguous he didn't have so he was projecting that he was during the life of herod so he projected year one in odomini but it really would have been year 4 BC because that would have been the year that Herod died and the reason why Joseph did not come back is because the angel of the Lord went gave him a vision saying basically the son of Herod is now going to be reigning and Joseph was afraid and so the angel said don't don't go back and so it was a little bit later yeah very cool so within the first two years yeah, because Matthew two sixteen says, Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry, and he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Yeah. So they had already seen him and left. Right. Now, I it doesn't sound like they were there, like, oh, at the very beginning, though. Right. So. Yeah. Very cool. But yeah. that's why they just kind of... I don't actually know the history of why they made Epiphany on the 6th. I don't know if there's... I'm sure there's, like, a reason, but it was more just a... As far as I'm concerned, it was just a, hey, 
this happens, so we're just going to celebrate it, it happens. Here, it, and it happens within the first little bit of Jesus being born. Right. Obviously, so yeah, exactly. that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. So you've never, you've never talked Not, about Epiphany? No, never any, explored like, special... that. No. We used to, at one of the churches we used to go to, we used to have like a special Epiphany mm-hmm. um, service or whatever. Yeah. Like, and so that was kind of fun. It was it very kinda, cool. And it, and it kept the Christmas season, you kept Christmas, the first day of Christmas being Christmas, and then the 12 days after. So it's like... That kind of gets to keep going on because the important part really is what happens after After, birth. And And that's it. It's it's as soon as Christmas Day hits and then December twenty sixth. Everybody's like toss the tree, throw the tree, get everything done. We're we're done with the whole Christmas season. Yeah, (laughs) it's like no, we're we're going to continue this again. What is the purpose? Yeah, it's all just remembering and living out the fact that we prepare for him coming and then. But we don't. Once he's here, that's not the end. Like right. we just, we just tend to stop there and be like, okay, now we're preparing for what Valentine's Day or whatever they do next. I mean, we're preparing for Passover. Well, we are. <laughs> I know. I'm going based on like you know your commercialized stuff Pagan in the stuff, stores. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So then it begs the question: Why do we celebrate Christmas? And then once we get to Christmas, why do we celebrate after Christmas? So on and so forth. It's a day set aside to celebrate the birth of the King. The beginning of his reign. A time in which we show the world with more pomp, more zest than usual. Christmas is the reason for everything. Without Christ being born, literally there is no hope. There's no point in faith. There's no point in joy. Christmas is the reason for everything. And and that's the way we have been structuring everything. That without the birth, birth of the Savior, we would have no Savior. So... Why would we not celebrate Christmas? Well, and even just taking a second to, because we just brush past it so fast, but the fact that he really was God made flesh while still God is so evident in the fact that he was sent as a baby, as a fetus in the womb, even. I mean, he was sent at the very beginning of human life to grow up and do his job, to do what was prophesied. And that's, I feel like we, we kind of skip over that too much, and we don't even think about the, the reality of his humanness just in that. You think about what's happening in history in that moment. I mean, you're coming off 400 years of silence, right? Where God is not speaking, and, and, and scripture is not being written, and there are no prophets, and there are no judges, no, and it's just a 400 years of just kind of waiting. Yeah. Well, and even and then all of a sudden you have Rome that comes in and takes over, and and you know the Jewish people are under Roman rule, and they're look they're, and then out of that chaos comes a baby. Well, and, out and of not that like a you know gloom, what I mean? Yeah, you know that just uh, hopelessness. There, mm. you know, yeah. I'm sure it felt hopeless. Um, look at look at how we are. Every 20 years, we're like, oh, some catastrophe happens. We're like, oh. God's just, you know, he, this is judgment. This is, you know, it's like we can't even handle a couple years of right. anything hard. Well, and, and just thinking about the fact that even before this, he had already been talking to people just of the few people like Elizabeth, Zechariah, Mary, Joseph, Simeon. You know, he'd been talking to those people, but they're individual. Right. You know, he hadn't come in, spoken to a prophet to do all this. This was all just a, I'm sure this was pretty small of an event not a really? lot of pomp and circumstance yeah, o- no, overall. Not a lot of people would have known about this. Um, it was pretty insignificant. Quiet and, yeah, insignificant. Yeah. Right. Ah, 
Okay. That's a callback. Pretty I like humble. that. Yeah. <laughs> Why you mean <coughs> What was it a callback to? Insignificant. Insiguous. Dennis. Exiguous. Over my head. So we're celebrating Christmas. We are celebrating the birth of our Savior, celebrating the birth of our King. Now, how do we celebrate Christmas? And it gifts in or it gets into gifts, you know, uh, giving gifts to other people. Now, this is interesting. Why would you give gifts if it's someone else's birthday? This is one of the Maybe things. Maybe because of whose birthday it is. I like what Tolkien, J.R.R. Tolkien, has done. So, in his realm, <clears throat> if you guys don't know who Tolkien is, it's Lord of the Rings. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> you have the the specific peoples, the hobbits or the halflings, however you would look at it. Their custom, their their tradition is whenever it is that person's birthday, they go around and they give gifts to everybody around them. It doesn't have to be massive, glorious gifts. It can be little trinkets, whatever. But it's the fact of you're not the one receiving gifts on your birthday. You are giving gifts on your birthday. Now, as, as Christians, or just as in general, Emily and I, we have been looking at even just birthdays in general. As in, <clears throat> why do we celebrate birthdays? And we celebrate... Yeah, what did you do to be, like, birthed? <laughs> right, yeah. It, what, what was your role, actually? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Should you be congratulated? <laughs> and so it has, it has transformed the way in which we celebrate birthdays. It is no longer... It's not a day of, you know, you get to do whatever you want. You don't do any chores. You don't have any responsibilities. It is a day that we look at it as we are celebrating the life that God has given us. So, like with our kids, and the mother, and the has birthed. You know, sometimes it seems kind of. Right. I guess it's kind of important. <laughs> I don't say that like for myself even, but like, thanks, mom. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, for Christmas, we are celebrating Christ's birthday. Why are we giving gifts to each other to celebrate someone else's birthday? Well, what, who is Christ and what is he to us? Christ is a gift given by God to us, a physical, material, tangible gift, and not, not a gift to use and be thrown away. It is a gift for purpose of substance and true meaning. To be utterly appreciated. Utterly appreciated. Yeah. And, and it wasn't just... A person, it was grace, it was truth, it was the way, it was life. The eternal ramifications that we can't truly even fathom at this point yes. on earth. And so when we are giving gifts to our children, we are reminding them, telling them, the reason why we are giving you a gift is not because of anything you've done. It is because we love you, but also to symbolize and show us that the, on this day, God himself gave us the perfect gift. And we are showing you that by just even the little things that we can give you. But all the meanwhile, showing them this is why. It's not, I'm giving you a gift because you were good this year, which we're going to talk about that in a minute. <laughs> it's not about acts. It's not about being good or being naughty. It's, it's the true fact of you are getting a gift because we love you. And because this is to show you God gave us a gift, the perfect gift. For, for someone like me, and, and I don't know how much, I don't know, I don't know if we've talked about the love languages. Like, is that a thing you all 
<laughs> you have strong feelings, I'm sure. We do. We do. Yeah, but it, I do think There's it has some help, validity a there, right? To it. Yeah, for sure. It, not an end all be all yeah, type as long scenario. As it's not magnified too much. But like, Austin hit on it really well. I absolutely love giving people things. Like I just, it's it's the way I show you that I appreciate you. Yes, and is I your love language receiving you. gifts? No. See. See, I, I do enjoy looking at that, and a lot of times we feel like we need to show love in one way, even though we're like, we want it in this way. You know? yeah. So it is no, interesting. I'm, I just want you to hang out with me. Like that's, <laughs> that's you know me, that's like, just, Quality time. You know, you know, let's watch a movie or something. I don't know. But that's why Christmas is so fun for me, is I just, I just spend way too much money. Yeah, <laughs> we do too. And just give people so many things. Uh, yeah, you, but yeah but you it, outdid yourself. <laughs> but it does, though. It... it I, I do think at the core of it, it does come from a, we have been given the greatest gift of all. This idea that us dumb sheep have a chance to escape hell and escape the punishment we deserve because of Christ's birth. Yeah. Because he was born on Christmas. I, I don't know. I, I do think, I, I try to make sure I try to keep that in mind for yeah. sure. But like that is bound to be one of the reasons why I enjoy it so much is because of how much I've been given from him. Well, and yeah. I think there's also the lesson there of what is one of the best parts of giving a gift is the response that you receive from your gift is the response that you get from giving them a gift. You know, you want them to be like, wow, that was really thoughtful. You want them to feel like appreciative and they're not always, but you want that. Yeah. And thinking of that in terms of Christ and his gift, his sacrifice, you know, from God, just kind of keeping in check whether we're responding in the right way, you know, giving him that true appreciation and just enjoying what he has given us and not being like, oh, thanks, I'll take it, but I'm going to complain about every second of my life (laughs) in the meantime. Well, (laughs) and this gets into a couple categories of uh, the first one, begrudging of gifts. If Mm, you are not willing to give anyone a gift, and, and especially during this time of, oh, well, Christmas is pagan or... What, whatever your reason being. Oh, you mean the greedy side of it? Well, not like, even the greedy. Stingy, maybe. Could be stingy, but even just the fact of I, not being thoughtful, not thinking of other people, not doing anything like that. You are truly begrudging people gifts. So kind of like if you are, well, I'm an acts of service type of person, so I'm sure that's what everybody else would want, so I'm just not going to give gifts. Right. I guess I, that I've could seen, be another... Because I've yeah. seen people do that too, especially within a marriage. It's like, well, it, I... I feel loved by this, so that's what I'm going to do for them, you know, it's, it's I'm not going to care about what they want. Do not begrudge gifts. Uh, well, I guess an example could be looking at Judas's response to Mary Magdalene mm, when she yeah. is giving Christ the, 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 the anointing oil. He's like, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you just sell it and get a bunch of money for it? And give it to the poor, give remember, because he was appealing. Give <laughs> wow. Okay. No, I know. I'm sure he made it sound very Oh, I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. Because yeah. that's kind of what we do, and that's very much your, like, yeah. Yeah. There oh, and that wasn't my example. That was Doug Wilson's example, by the way. I don't want to take credit for on, that. On a, on a, no, but that's a great example. On a different note, I have a family member who is not, like, great at giving gifts, and but they make an effort. And, that's, and when, like, that's what it's about. And that's what yes. it's about. It's legit about, like okay, maybe this is a little goofy of a gift or, or whatever. That's okay. That's not the point. The point is this person thought of, of me mm, or yes. thought of you when they saw whatever it is they picked up. And, and they, they were like, oh, this person would probably like that or Brad would probably like that or Austin would like it. 
whether you do or not, like you should be grateful for the fact yeah. that that person mm-hmm. had that thought of you in that moment. Receive it thankfully. It's yeah. kind of well, it's it's what Paul says. You know, give thanks in every circumstance. We're supposed to be giving thanks no matter whether we're being handed a trial or a blessing or a trial that is a blessing or whatever it is. We're supposed to be thankful. But it's kind of like this is a big ditch that a lot of people in my world fall into with um, like natural health and food and mm. things like that, where a lot of people can't handle going to someone's house and just receiving whatever they make or give them what, gratefully. It, it's like, right. there's so it's much. It's hamburger helper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's yeah. so <laughs> many dyes. And, and, and believe me, I get that. <laughs> and I wouldn't want to feed people that. But if someone's giving it to you, you're thankful. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You're not going to be helper. like, <laughs> as long as it's not a hamburger helper. Okay. No, I love it. I said. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you can make some. Yeah. So the the point the point here is a give give cheerfully. I mean, give within your means, of course. Yes. Don't you know? Make something. Just show the people that you care about. Show the people that that you love. Right. This is not a this is not appeal you, to spend a ton of money. Exactly. <laughs> That you appreciate them, and that you 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 have been given much, so you give much, and right. and just that, and this you know we should be generous at all times as Christians. We should always be generous, always be looking for ways to bless others, whether with whether it's with our time, our finances, whatever the case may be. Be generous yeah. to other people. However, Christmas is a good time to really put that into practice, and, and a good time yeah. to really focus on it. I think, and and say, hey. I we want have a to good, bless people. You have a good excuse yeah. <laughs> for it. But we also also need to be receiving cheerfully, too. You yeah. know, it's both sides. You, you can think of, like, the little kids who are, like, they open something up and they're like, oh, I already had that. You know, and they just blurt stuff out. Right. And, and the idea is you're teaching children not to do that. Because, really, if you already have it, then that means they were right on track with what you would like. You know, right. it's like yeah. you're teaching gratefulness Regardless of what it is, it's mm-hmm. not really about the thing itself. And then you see the kids who open up an avocado on Christmas Day and they're like, an avocado! <laughs> Thanks! Thanks. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Well, but is there's there a also, video we missed on that? Yeah, it's, it's an old one. I've seen it. I must have missed it. Dang it. <laughs> it's an older one. It's an old one, yeah. But there's also the side of begrudgingly receiving a gift kind of out of pride. Mm. Um, and, and I... I will say I teeter on this sometimes and because it's like, oh, someone gets you something that you think is completely just too luxurious, and, too, yeah. Yeah, just completely out of proportion. And and that is really hard for someone who leans toward the more prideful side to accept. So yeah. I would just encourage you to accept that too. If someone thought highly enough of you mm. to get something, even if it was more expensive, receive it gratefully. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the next category would be giving gifts to your neighbor, but not to God. <clears throat> so you are giving gifts to people, but you don't even have God in mind. Mm. And so there's and the example going to Revelation, when the two witnesses have been killed and they're lying in the street, everyone around, they are rejoicing and they're giving gifts. And the whole point is they are completely devoid of God and nothing to do with him. And so their gifts have literally no meaning. But it is all about the material thing itself. Right. Not about God. Not about God. And, and, and you see this, and I think this is why there has been such a divide over the last several years 
with Christians who want to stay away from that commercialized side. And so they go so far to the other side to be like, well, it's all pagan. It's all bad. Stay away from it. It's all commercial. Versus the ones who are like, you know, there is a balance. And you do have ditches on both sides that you don't want to fall into. You don't want to be over materialistic. But you do want to be generous. Um, And I think you can do that. But some people do tend to fall on one side or the other. So you got to be careful. We, especially in the West, we are... A culture of extremes. Mm-hmm. There is no real middle ground with us. We go all in one side or the other. And so, yeah, if you if you fall toward the side of super materialistic and you get convicted of that, your gut reaction is going to go to the extreme on the other side and say, oh, I can't do anything like that anymore instead right. of finding that balance. Well, and we talk about it all the time, using the ditch ditches on both sides mm-hmm. of the road. I don't think he agrees with me, by the way. We're not in the West. We're in, like, the Northeast. The west of the world. West, Western world. Looking at Israel and oh. North West. Yes. Got Middle East, Eastern, Western. I, I get like your thought California. process, though. <laughs> I get your thought process. I was like, he doesn't agree with me at all. I know. I was like, what's the, what's We're the east. east. <laughs> we're the Midwest, aren't we? Yeah. yeah, we're, yeah. Sort of. We're right at the so, edge. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Nice. I don't remember. <laughs> anyway. I don't remember what I was saying when Carter was given that face. So this gets into, okay, the best way is when you're giving gifts to your neighbor and to God. Uh, Esther chapter 9, verse 22. As the days on which the Jews got relief from their enemies, and as the month that had been turned for them from sorrow into gladness, and from mourning into a holiday, and they should make them days of feasting and gladness, days for sending gifts of food to one another and gifts to the poor. So the premise being, you are giving these gifts to your neighbor of food too. Yeah, of food. Anyway, food gifts are always good. Your (laughs) these gifts to your neighbor, but because of something God did, Mm -hmm. hence Christmas. We uh, so that was (laughs) that was the feast of of Purim Purim during Christmas. We are giving gifts because of something that Christ did, something that God did for us with Christ. Well, and while we're on the topic of Purim. And another argument that you hear a lot of the anti-Christmas Christians, that's kind of a tongue twister, um, using is that, well, if it's not one of God's appointed holy days, then we have no business celebrating it. It's not glorifying God if, well, and I would point to Purim. I would point to Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Those are all days that we celebrate because of things God did without them being holy days that God specifically appointed. So I would just, that would be my rebuttal to that. Also why we celebrate Thanksgiving. <clears throat> right, and right. Yeah. Independence Day. Yep. You know, I mean, yeah. we have holidays that are not that are not holy days, but they are representative of what God has done. I mean, all of those are what God has yeah. done. And so we've made them a holiday. Yeah. And something really cool when thinking of it as, okay, you're giving a gift to your neighbor, your brother, sister in Christ, whatever, or an unbeliever. You are giving a gift to an image bearer of God. And so if you are giving a gift in the right way, it is a very good thing. And doing it as I am giving a gift to my neighbor, or even it could be a child of the devil. <laughs> but you are giving a gift to an image bearer of God for the right reasons. With and an opportunity to tell them why you're doing it. Exactly. An opportunity to say, hey, this is why... 
I, I wanted to get you this is because of my beliefs and and, and here here they are and, he, and it's a way to open up that door well and you can do on a practical level you can just do such simple things like writing a note that said that says you know i hope that you can enjoy the blessings that we that we get to enjoy because of our father or whatever i mean you can do subtle things that remind them of your all inness i guess yeah. like the fact that this is every part of your life is for this so Matthew chapter 10, verse 40 through 42. Whoever receives you receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. The one who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person because he is a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he is a disciple Truly, I say to you, he will by he will by no means lose his reward. Mm. So rewards and gifts are a very good thing. They're all biblical. They are all biblical. So looking at when we are teaching our children, when we are giving gifts to people, it is is one a sign of God giving a material gift to us by way of His Son. But then we're all, we're even looking at the gifts that the Magi gave to to Christ right. to Mary and Joseph. They were purposeful. And they were. And they held value. They, they held weren't value. just useless trinkets that yeah. you sit around. They were useful for health and life. Yeah, gold <laughs> and for trading. Trading, buying things. Frankincense was medicinal. Myrrh. All, all of them. All are, of them yeah. are. Yeah, yeah. So they were purposeful. They they were good gifts, but they were kingly gifts. Yes. They so, were. They were luxurious. Yes. And I can imagine. If anyone wanted to feel like, oh, I can't, I can't accept that, um, like what we were talking about earlier, it would probably be the people who just had a baby in a barn. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. that would probably, I'd yeah. be like, oh, <laughs> thank you, but we are nothing. <laughs> right. <laughs> we can't right. take that. So giving gifts to people. Now, after the material things, which I, I hope we, we've covered a little bit, saying that they are good things, if yeah. you do them the right way. Well, and the- can I can I even add that? This is one of those things, like like what we were talking about with all the Advent stuff and like what we talk about with every aspect of life. These are things that are symbolic, but they are going to need to be explained in that way, especially to a child. I mean, you don't have to necessarily explain it to every single person that you're giving a gift to why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. But a child, we have to hammer those things in because they will grow up and be like, oh, yeah, we did this, but I don't really know why. You know, and yeah. yes. you want to keep that meaning so embedded yeah. in the physical aspect of it that there's no way they could forget the whole point the whole purpose so you do go over that over and over and over like i said especially with your kids but even with yourself or whoever else is in your immediate family you you just keep going over that well and so and it gets in talking about our kids and people in general but what is the the greatest gift that we can give people besides the gospel it's it's grace and during this time, Emily and I, we've talked about it a lot, of when our children are acting up, when they are rotten, what is one of the biggest things that parents threaten their children Take with? away a gift or Santa's not coming. Exactly. Or, and, it's, and it really yeah. is so easy because you're like, oh, this is a great opportunity. They're really looking forward to this. Mm-hmm. You know, let's yeah. just snatch that up. And, and, and I've caught myself even over the past couple of weeks being like, do you want to get to do the Advent activity tonight or whatever yeah. and i'm like oh, okay uh let me think of something else like <laughs> yeah you know and i and i've had to do that and, and the, we do not take them away we don't take the 
the the promise of Christmas. We don't take away the gifts. We don't take away the Advent lessons. There's because plenty of disciplining, though. It's true. <laughs> it's just it's not true. with that. But literally, the whole purpose is we are showing our children that it's nothing that you have done to deserve any of these things. It's right. because we, we love to. you, we want to, and we are showing you grace, and we're showing you abundance of mercy yeah <laughs> but there are that there are also consequences. there are consequences consequences but consequences that won't take away this gift this thing. yes just like there are consequences to any sin that won't take away your salvation right, right. It, it, it's the same thing like when when i was a foster parent and and i had a i think two or three different i think i had three or four christmases where i had kids you know in the home at christmas time and yeah these kids act up constantly and it was very easy to say, well, fine, I'm not, you're not going to get this gift, or I'm not going to go out and get this off your list, or I'm not going to, but you're right, that's not the way to do it. it, it you need to, because it's a good exercise for yourself, too, because do you honestly feel like spending money on your kid in that moment? Right. Exactly. Probably not. Well, at least. well and I've seen the big trend. I didn't. <laughs> right. The big trend for the last several years has been, like, people will wrap empty boxes and, like, throw them away or whatever if a kid acts up. And it's like, man, that's kind of traumatizing traumatizing like (laughs) and they might deserve it the whole point is they probably deserve it yeah Yeah. that's kind of the whole point of all of it is that we all deserve it you know but literally the point in which we do this is because it does not match our theology if we are telling our children that they do not get gifts because you're being bad well there there is no reason why you should get a gift anyway exactly but because of what we've been talking about that's why we're giving you this gift. And we're not going to take it away, but there are going to be other consequences. And it right. does help you as a parent to, I would, I would assume at least it did for me in, the, in those uh, as a foster parent, to force yourself to still buy them that gift. It is a self-discipline. Especially like when maybe, maybe you were going Christmas shopping. I mean, this happened to me. Maybe you're going Christmas shopping that day. You're going to take the kid to the babysitter or whatever, for on my end at least. And you say, this kid has a, just a horrible tantrum, calls you every, every name in the book, throws things at you, whatever. And then, like twenty minutes later, you got to go buy him something, mm-hmm. and it's like you don't want to. I, I, I'm gonna buy me something instead. You know, <laughs> I didn't cuss you out. You know, whatever. But it is a good self-discipline moment of like saying, okay, you practicing your theology. Yes, this kid does not deserve what I'm about to buy him. But wait a minute, I don't deserve the good things I have either. Right. And, and the, so, and it and it comes down to we're we're just a very ungrateful people. So we can feel the weight of grace much more when we are the ones extending it than when we are the ones receiving it. So we forget day in and day out that we have received common grace just by the fact that we can wake up every day and have all the blessings of God's earth, but also that we've received the grace he's given us through salvation. But you tend to remember it a little bit more when you're like, oh, this child <laughs> should not be getting anything probably ever. I mean, for put their whole in life. a little more <laughs> recent context, I've wanted to light his presence on fire multiple times this week just because. His being Carter. His being Carter, sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they can't see you pointing. That's true. <laughs> Dexter. He's talking about Dexter. Dexter, yeah, I want Dexter to burn his toys too. <laughs> I don't do that to gonna, Dexter. I mean, Maddox deserves I'm, it. Hey. Maddox makes sense. I'm just kidding. Hey. I mean, he'll burn it himself. Fire stuff on the <laughs> anyway. <sighs> so anyway, purpose of gifts, looking towards Christ, the best gift we can give is grace, gospel saturated grace. For that's what that's literally why we're different. Well, and this right? is another thing you hammer in as you're doing that, as you as you forget, like, oh hey, sorry kids, I'm actually not going to take away your Advent because 
you know, grace. Like, you remind them of that. Like, I am showing you grace just like God has shown me grace. Mm-hmm. And you can do that. You can verbalize that every single time. And, again, it trains your mind, but it's also going to be imprinted on their minds every time. Literally a shot back to Deuteronomy 6. Teaching them all the time yeah. in every As you situation. Walk, by the way. Yes. Um, yeah. And so, so Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 25, verse 25 says, Like cold water to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. Christ is the good news from a far country and is the water of life for a thirsty soul. And in this time of celebrating the birth of Christ, that is what we are trying to do for people. It is, like we said during our Advent lesson, or our Advent episode, <laughs> our Advent lesson, yeah. We are showing people Christ and using this as such an evangelistic tool for this entire month, we are pushing birth of Christ, birth of Christ, birth of the Messiah. And as Christians, it is such a beautiful opportunity to do that. And I think that's what we need to be doing. So God blesses us with material things, but it all depends on what we do with that blessing. As we move forward and, and we kind of change topics from gift giving I, this kind of goes hand in hand i really want to know and, and i'm sure our listeners will be shocked to find that the loops have strong opinions on this as well santa claus mm. where are we on santa claus as as christians and just as you personally me personally i don't have kids so i never really have if i had to deal with this i don't have to deal with this even as a foster parent I, the kids were so damaged that santa was not an issue that i had to deal mm. with in those moments so i probably would lean towards just being like well here's what they say santa claus is here's the kind of mystique behind it but also it's not real like it's yeah. uh, santa claus as we know it as you see in the movies and depicted in songs and whatnot yeah. a, a magic man that flies around the world in one night and gives gifts to everybody is not it sees you at all times and it's not a thing judges your character yeah can i how you behave it one second can I tell the story of how I found out it was not? Yes, Carter. absolutely. <laughs> Please. I was. This was probably 2014 or so. So I was <laughs> 10 years old, and the way my room was set up was, my bed was here, and like the door was diagonal to where my bed was, and you can see the stairs going downstairs, and there was like a utility room. I see my dad come out of that utility room. It's like 2 a.m. because I couldn't sleep, with a huge box, like a big gaming chair, and I was like, oh, I wonder what he's doing, and then like. He notices that my TV was still on, and so he puts it down, comes in, and I'm like, <gasps> so I act asleep. And then he like looks in, he closes the door, and the next morning I see that same chair. I unwrapped it, and I was like, what was that? That doesn't make sense. So I asked him, and he was like, uh, and like it was stuttering. So I was like, yeah, Santa's not real. <laughs> <laughs> my mom had to, because um, as a, as a child, as a young child, I was petrified of a couple of different things. One would be anybody in a costume. Yes. Terrified of that. Do you like mascots? I'm okay now. I didn't then. I'm good now. What did you do to overcome that? I have no. I guess I just kind of grew. She, she, yeah. knows. Sure. She, she needs to know. I really don't know. Like, I think there was there was a moment at at my school when Clifford the Big Red Dog was there for like a book fair, and I think I saw him without his head, and like it was. <laughs> That would make me more no, no. scared. <laughs> it was it was a like a, like a person like you could see the the dude's right, actual that's head what's inside of a and yeah. you know with <laughs> the bottom half being the red costume. So and like that it, helped you. I think that, I think that's where the turning yeah. point was. It was like oh that really is just a dude in a costume. Like we're good. But I remember vividly going to Rupp Arena as a Kentucky fan, just huge Kentucky fan, 
going to Rupp Arena, being terrified of that goofy wildcat that would come up, and it just freaked be. me out. You still should be, but I'm good yeah, now. Yeah, seriously, um, why are you not now? I'm fine. But even in college, our Nate would like walk around places, and if I didn't like know he was right there, I would have small heart attacks. Yeah. So then, so couple that with the anxiety of having my house broken into as a kid, like. <laughs> I was terrified of that, chimney. and here's here's why. I, I and, and my grandma listens to this, Betty. She listens to this show, so she'll she'll. I, I'm putting some blame on her, oh. and and my grandpa. We would watch America's Most Wanted when I was a child at their house <laughs> on Saturday nights. Yeah, and so I was just terrified of someone breaking into my house. <laughs> this man is on the loose in Florida. He's coming to Indiana to get me. Like it was a whole thing. Like He's I just was very upset. And so you 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 couple my fear of people in costumes and with being broken into. Santa was just off the table. Like I could not. <laughs> <laughs> so when I initially thought he was real, I, I understand was, a lot more. About you yeah, just <laughs> When I when I understood he was, or when I thought he was real, my mom would have to tell me that she would call the hotline, talk to Santa or someone at the North Pole, and they would leave the presents on the porch and not come in. And my mom would bring them in. That way, Santa wasn't actually That's in my house. That's what your dad was doing too, Carter. And then eventually, I think my mom was just like, "Whatever, like it's just again. not real." <laughs> um, but that was my Santa experience it, as a child. I was the type of kid where when other kids were telling me he wasn't real, I was ready to punch, punch them in the, the face. face. <laughs> and I probably did. I mean, that's what we're teaching our kids, basically. I can help. Not mine. Oh. Not mine. I'm just saying, like, that's kind of what that instills in a lot of kids. So those are our Santa stories. What what is what are, what do you all do? What what's kind of the you know thought behind Santa and and Saint Nicholas? I'm sure you're going to get into that. So let, yes. let's get into Santa Claus. So no, yeah, we do not celebrate Santa Claus in a big red suit, jolly man, sneaking into people's houses. And, <laughs> it's and, so and, creepy. An omnipresent, omniscient man, uh, knowing when everyone is naughty and when everyone's good. Right. Use the word bad instead of that. Naughty. <laughs> what you got a problem with naughty? You got to get over yeah, your fear of British words, mate. I, that's that literally. Australian? I'm like, oh no, I'm like, that was British at first. Yeah, of course it was. Like, yeah, yeah. But if, what? You're Tom no, Mahler. That's not even accent. That's not even accent. That's just Tom. My Australian is completely. Santa different. doesn't go to Australia because he like, doesn't go to the end. Dangerous creatures. Too many snakes and take a man of the way. Anyway, anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> so no, yeah, we do not celebrate Santa Claus, but we do tell our children in vast quantities of Saint Nicholas, because well, Saint Nicholas was a very real person. Well, and let's also be clear, we don't like keep Santa movies or yeah, don't whatever. pretend that we that's not a we, thing. We don't, yeah, we yeah. don't, we don't shelter them from. If the it whole has a Santa Claus Santa. in it, it's evil. Right? Yeah, it's a good story. It is. Yeah. I mean, we appreciate Tim, Tim Allen. Allen is Tim Allen is a good Santa Claus. It's That's exactly right. And so. Kurt Russell plays a pretty good Santa as well. Just yeah, just throwing that one out there. Dumb movie, but it is. But he's a great Santa. <laughs> Christmas a new, Chronicles, it's a new one. right? Christmas yeah. Chronicles. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He knew that off the top of his head. He watched it last night. Yeah, did I haven't watched movie. it. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. It's not a good movie, <laughs> but, but he looks legit. Did you see they made the Tim Allen Christmas Santa into a TV show? I did see that. No, we haven't watched it yet, though. I, I don't know if we I was reading the episode if it's on Disney it Plus. bad. No, it's on Disney. I mean, Tim Plus. Allen. Tim it. Allen probably wouldn't participate in it if it was too right. That is true. Too far. He's pretty decent as far as anyway. <laughs> anyway. Saint Nicholas. So Saint Nicholas. Yeah, I got some history on him because he is a pretty cool dude. So before I get into some history, 
And you know what? No, I'll save that one. I'll save it. Anyway, so history. Uh, St. Nicholas of Mira. Mira is modern-day Turkey. So for one, if anyone thinks that Santa Claus is this white dude with with <laughs> the the white hair and everything like that. Yeah. He Interesting, was, the parallels. He there. was right. very much a Middle Eastern man. Hmm. So I can think of another one who's right? also portrayed. Right. <laughs> uh, this reminds me of the um, Gable Price Gable song. Price song. <laughs> Middle Eastern man with holes in his hand. He's coming, coming after, after you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he was a fourth century bishop. He was renowned for his kindness to the poor, children, and needy. He inherited a large sum of money that he gave away, establishing orphanages, hospitals. And hostels for the mentally infirm. Um, There's this meme floating around. I I love it. It's St. Nicholas of Mira or Batman. Inherited a vast amount of wealth. Used wealth to fight injustice. Works at night. Works in secret. Friends of orphans. And possibly punched out a joker. (laughs) So, legend spread of his generosity... (laughs) that talked about him giving gifts in secret to children and many other people. Now, he was a part of the Council of Nicaea in 325 AD. And there is a story, or some people say legend, that he slapped Arius, the heretic, in the face. We do have some manuscripts that say that he was, oh, what's the word? Defrocked? Defrogged? He was basically, his establishment as a bishop was taken away. He was no longer right. be a part of the church. But later, just literally them seeing his fruit take take shape, they reinstated him back as a bishop of Mira. And so with that, a lot of people say, well, yeah. He He probably punched yeah. the dude in the face. And even if not, we can just keep that, we can keep hope that so. dream alive. <laughs> we can hope he did. Because we all wish we could have done that. <laughs> So, with that, that being the, the truth, the, the true St. Nicholas, a real person, um, then we get into the different versions of St. Nicholas. Scandinavia, they, they portrayed him as an elf, this mythical creature. Uh, the Dutch, they, they gave him the name of Sinterklaas. Do you, do you know when all this kind of started after he was actually alive like how long there was of a gap or if this was kind of the legend that was going as he was this was the legend as he as it spread so it could have been within the like hundred years after his his actual life Mm -hmm. or just several hundred years after being spread from nicaea from turkey and just moving up north because i mean literally there there is different versions of saint nicholas all over the world and these are just a few of the the bigger ones so with 1808 washington irving wrote of him as a jolly dutchman and then in 1822 moore gave us the night before christmas and he got rid of irving's uh horse horse and wagon and he put in the the sleigh and reindeer and then in 1863, Thomas Nast gave us the popular conception we have today. The the big fat man with the big red <laughs> coat and stuff like that. So over and, and time, he, we've just progressed and progressed and we've added on and taken away and stripped him of all of his like righteousness. Right. And, yes, true and righteousness. And thrown on this, this just 
cartoonish character. Blah. Yeah. Well, and and I do want to point out that based on the Tim Allen movie, his <laughs> which is fact, <laughs> his fatness, his his fatness is not poor diet. It just happens at the time of Christmas, and they right. go and he goes back to normal. So he's not unhealthy, boys and girls. Like it's fine. Oh, totally not. Except his insatiable hunger for cookies, cookies and milk and yeah. chocolates and yeah. chocolate milk. And anyway, is that bad for you? No, it's just white milk. <laughs> Not chocolate. Hot chocolate. How about that? Hot cocoa. Hot cocoa. Anyway, so who does the world say that Santa is? Santa Claus is. He's someone who surplants and overshadows the birth of Christ and our king. He's omniscient. He sees all things, knowing all things. He's omnipresent everywhere at once. He is God. He is spying on. He slurps down little chimneys. He is. He is spying on your children. Yeah, only your children. He doesn't care about the adults. But that's Let that sink yeah, in for a second. Exactly. Do you think the adults listening are believe in Santa? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the I'm working on just... the assumption that maybe someone does. Oh, okay, no, I'm okay. kidding. <laughs> I just want oh, people to know how creepy it is. This. If you are listening to this around kids who <laughs> believe in Santa, maybe. Maybe. Um, I, I feel they like won't that's this. Right. Wait, hold on. This was my biggest problem with Christmas movies as a kid. If the parents didn't believe in Santa, who did they think was putting the Christmas presents ah, under the tree? Because yes. they're like, because in their universe, Santa's real and he's putting presents under exactly. there. But they're like, no, nah, I don't believe in him. Who put the but presents also, there? Then? Makes think no of sense. The, the Grinch. Hmm? The Grinch took all the Christmas stuff, and Santa never came to like save the day. Santa, there, Santa never showed up. No, he goes once and he's done. He won't be back till next year. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Well, anyway, the premise being. This is what the world has turned St. Nicholas into. And instead of taking back what they have screwed up, a lot of Christians have conformed to the world. Now let that sink in, because what are we not supposed to do? We are not supposed to conform and look like the world. And if you're teaching your children about Santa Claus, watching you, making sure you're doing good, and then they're going to give you presents depending on if, you're good or if not. you are yep. doing good things, good acts, that, that's folly. Or the little elf that runs around your house at night. <laughs> that's a house. whole time. Oh, okay. I've seen that pretty creative, though, at times. <laughs> so the elf on the shelf thing. Okay. Now, now we're going to step. Okay. But I wanted to say something before I leave. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I have a joke. It's a Christmas joke that I have to tell before I leave. Real quick, we, we are losing Carter to work. So, I was going to say, so Carter's yeah, leaving. Carter's leaving. He's going to, he's <laughs> so gonna go, go um, work for a little bit. Wait, what was the joke? Oh, wow. Carter! I know it. Oh, a Christmas joke. How much does Santa have to pay for parking? Ooh. Nothing. It's on the All house. Right. Right. <laughs> Bye, but Carter. No, no, we worked that out beforehand. We planned it. <laughs> it wasn't my joke. It was Jordan's. My sister has been telling me that joke for the past two weeks, probably three times a day. And I'm like, I've heard it ten minutes ago. From you. Actually, from you. (laughs) Shout out to Aaron. Does Aaron listen? Probably not. Probably not. Sometimes. Maybe. She she should now that her sister's on it. Now she won't. I don't think it works that way. It makes it worse. makes it less likely. So, Elf on the Shelf. So, I thought this was interesting. That the world has now shifted giving this this man 
so much power, giving them this man om- omniscience, omnipresence, being able to go the Center entire world. Yeah, the entire world in one night, seeing everything all at once. Now they're starting to strip his power and saying, oh, well, he, he actually can't. So the past several hundred years or so that they've been telling children that he has, now they're stepping back saying, oh, well, actually he can't. So now here's this little little elf creature that we have to put inside everyone's house to now keep an eye on all the children. It, I just find it interesting that... But it's only necessary in some kids' houses. Exactly. Not all of them have him. <laughs> right. It's like, so, okay, why are now they stripping Santa's power? And now they because have to shut it. Because nothing is sacred. It, right. Nothing sacred. But it, it's literally whatever the world says. And are Christians conforming to the world even with this? Well, let's just take a second and think about the fact that we live in a world that's all about childhood trauma and mental health and everything. Maybe if we didn't start our kids out by manipulating them and convincing them and lying very i mean it's not like a casual whatever like we put a lot of effort into it right and and i realize that we're stepping on a lot of people's toes and a lot of people don't see it this way but that's kind of our purpose is to point some of this out not that not that you haven't heard it before because i know there are a lot of christians who are very hmm, i don't know what the word is but they <laughs> they they will shove it in your They're face and be like, about it yeah why would you ever you know and uh, this is a public platform. We're not going up to any individual people and saying, "Hey, you're a terrible parent and you're whatever." Well, I don't, I don't I, even. I don't even, even think growing, it's... even growing up, I don't see it that way. Um, yeah. Obviously, it was not intended that way. No, but it's again, not. It's we're taking over every aspect of life and pointing it toward Christ, where it's supposed to be, instead of compromising in any of these areas and um, just pointing out the fact that every everything matters. It's cool to care. <laughs> Things matter, and we can't just, you know, give up in some areas just because of nostalgia or, well, we've always done it. And, and I do think uh, it's important to to note that uh, most of the time these they're not intentionally Mm-mm. doing anything that's harmful or deceitful. They want to give their kids the magic, the of, Christmas. magic mm-hmm. of Christmas, but man, but there's a better power. There, I was about to say that there's like oh, what better magic of Christmas than. What actually happened? I mean, yes. you should see the joy in our kids every candle lighting night for sure. But yes. even all the nights in between where we <clears throat> just sing. We're not singing all of the goofy Christmas songs that have nothing to do with Christ. But right. singing the joyful songs about Christ. And they're all dancing, running around, laughing, mm-hmm. giggling, I see. Squealing. I see the pictures of Lark's got his guitar. He's oh, yes. yep. playing along. If there's music, he has to have it too. Yeah. yeah. But there is so much joy in the truth of Christmas. We don't have to manufacture that. We don't yes, have to be no. like, here, we made up something better. And, and Because that's ultimately what you're saying. Even if you're a parent who's saying, it's all about Christ, but here, Santa gives you a gift. And that's pretty cool. You know, it's like, I get it that you're trying to keep him a small part of it. But, but the world's want, not. The world's yeah. not. You're planting a small seed that's... That's taking root. <laughs> just watch the Santa Claus with your kids, and and just get, tell them that it's a fictional movie. Yeah, like there's nothing wrong. It's with a fun that. story. Like that's a fun well, story, and that's what we talk about. We're it's like, a it's... good movie, you know. Yeah, just tell them about it. Just be like, this is a fictional thing. Yeah, I mean, and Lord of the Rings and Star Wars, all these other things are just not real. Nobody, our kids aren't convinced that there are right. 
well, I don't know any of the creatures' names, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> any of those weird things that Tolkien makes up. Like, I don't Hobbits. Know. I know that one, but I was going to try to think of something more creative. Elves? <laughs> what else is that? I mean, Bullrogs. Yeah, okay, see there. all these weird words yeah, that I don't, I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, so <laughs> those are so, real. So I don't want you to hear. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely staying it. <laughs> what if? <laughs> okay. Sweetie rabbit holes. I this love it. This is why I'm not supposed to be here. I'll stop it. Um, I'm just kind of overlapping. Yeah. So, oh, so I don't want you to hear us saying that Santa's evil, and if you talk talked about Santa with your kids, it's evil because I. I don't think that's what any of us are saying, but... Maybe reevaluate. Reevaluate. Mm-hmm. And again, what is more magical than the savior of the world being born a, a lowly human mm. in a barn? In the presence of in the all presence the hosts of, of heaven. Yeah. yeah. And, and not only that, <clears throat> willingly leaving heaven. Willingly yes. leaving his place at the right hand of God. And coming helplessly. To become yeah. a helpless child. To a new mom <laughs> A teenager. Yeah. A teenager. What? 14, 15 years old, maybe? I mean. What we speculate. Maybe. That's what we speculate. Yeah, yeah, we don't know for sure, but yeah. kind of the guess. Yeah. Which was definitely an adult back then. But, she was of varying age. Yeah. yeah. Well, and for me, okay, the whole point, the premise of this, of bringing this up to parents to have this conversation is if you are telling your child about Santa and that he's doing all these things, you're lying to your child. You're lying and you're bearing false witness to your child. That is a sin. It's not pleasing to God. And it's not pleasing to God, but it's you are sinning. If you are lying to your children, you're sinning. And that needs to be addressed. Let this be a loving rebuke, not yes. a we're, How dare we're criticizing you, you and no, whatever. Um, no. Well, because it is an issue, the fact that if Saint Nicholas was if Saint Nicholas was here today, he'd probably slap oh somebody goodness. over it. He'd be like, "What? Excuse what, what, me? That's what based you do on to me? me? Yeah." yeah. <laughs> and, and that's it. We stripped. We stripped his righteousness. We've stripped the holy things that he's done. We, we call him a saint for a reason. He well, lived he his life for God. He was trying to be lowly. All the things he did, and this is where they get kind of that idea. All the low, all the things he did, all the homes he would leave, um, gifts for these girls and whoever else in he was doing that uh secretly he wasn't trying to get any kind of notice and here santa is like oh you know it's all about me i'm doing all this stuff yeah obviously he's not real but like that's what we've made it to seem so even santa himself we've turned him into some i don't know puffed up dude (laughs) i mean it's just it's just sad on many fronts when you actually sit there and think about it and and you uh, like i said you're gonna have to sit there and Remove some of the nostalgia, Mm -hmm. because that's where most of this comes from. Just like with some of our silly Easter traditions that have nothing to do with truth, truth, Christ, any of it, and even Halloween. All all these things are things that require you to humble yourself for a second and be like, maybe I have been doing something wrong, and and that's a good place to be. It's way better to start there and say, okay, what can I do to fix it? Then be like, nope, I've done it this long. I'm just going to you know see it through, and it's like, well... I don't like cliches, but if you know better, do better. Right. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, And absolutely. so now, us giving us giving this information that you've probably already heard most of it, <laughs> the responsibility is not on us. Right. If you know who it's on. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's true. I am the responsibility of my family, and if I am 
leading my children this way, even if my wife is also, I'm going to encourage incur I am going to incur a harsher judgment as well. But, Don't worry, I'm I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we need to just be, looking at me. We like... need to take these yeah. stories. We need to take the story of Saint Nicholas. We need to take the story of Christ. We need to take yeah. gifts and we need to be doing it the right way. We need to be telling it the right way. We need to be taking dominion over these things and doing it the right way. We can Christ is a redeemer. We talked about this with Advent last time with right. Simon. He is here to redeem these things through us. We are the means that he very well may use to redeem these things that are already his. So let's be obedient and participate in that because that's a pretty cool opportunity to reform Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, we, we mentioned this earlier that we, I love the fact that Christmas is on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Mm. Because I do think it gives you a really good opportunity to redeem Christmas mm-hmm. this year. You know, I, did, did I say it? Gosh, it's been almost two hours ago we, talk, we started talking about this in recording time. No, you're fine. But the, the, it was unanimous within my family. We want to do church first. And that is skipping a tradition that we do every year of, of having a big breakfast with my grandma and, and, and my aunt and my uncle and, and my dad and my stepmom have a big breakfast and that is our tradition we do a big breakfast we open presents and we just hang out for a few hours until lunch but this is going to be even more glorious but this is going <laughs> to be such a cool difference i mean granted we kind of all go to different churches so it, we're not necessarily going to be together in worship right. but we are though because we're going to be worshiping at the same time yeah. at our big churches church. yeah with, with the big c universal church and it is it's a great gosh take this as a good year to do that Yes. And then start your new traditions based on that. Yes. Yeah, well, and I would even encourage you, um, I mean, it's going to be different for each family because you have totally different setups, but I, we kind of easily decided that we weren't going to try to do gifts before church. Right. I mean, it's just, to me, the the chronological order should be first things first. You know, like, do this first, not to mention... That's a really early morning. <laughs> it is. It is. So besides that, though, um, but but that's also why we have done our Advent calendar differently this year. Yeah. I mean, traditionally, and anybody else who's following the traditional calendar is off. We're we're a week off. We're a from week them. off. Yeah. Well, we're actually on the same week. We're just on a different candlelight candle day. Candlelighting. Yeah. Um, yeah, but because we wanted to be able to place that, like we talked about last time, we right. wanted to be able to place that on. Christmas because it's just a super cool opportunity and that's something that we will do before we do gifts. Yeah, I mean there's a lot of stuff that we do before gifts, but but basically it's my biggest thing is don't leave all this stuff unsaid. Yes. If you have cousins and siblings and grandparents and stuff over for any kind of gift exchange or whatever, have these conversations, talk about this stuff, read from scripture beforehand. Yeah. Don't let it don't let it go unsaid and it's just like, well, they know why we give gifts. Like let's let's make sure that we're reminding everyone all the time while we're doing this and spend some time actually in prayer and remembering remembering truly why we're doing it. And this is very cliche. Oh, sorry, Austin, but it's very cliche, but it's very true. Christmas and Easter are the are the two easiest weeks to invite people to church. It yeah. is. It really is. To invite your extended family who, who don't normally attend or aren't believers. And they are more willing to go on yeah, Christmas and Easter. And your job is not to change their hearts to where they start going every week. Your job is to find a way to get them to church. 
to get them to hear the gospel, not just from you, which you should be doing, but also from the pulpit, from somebody else, from a service, from, you know, something that, that celebrates with a congregation, a group of believers celebrating this event. And so it sounds cliche, but it's not, man, this is a great Sunday to try to get people to come to church that don't normally come. And the big thing is going to be follow up. Like, don't don't leave it. We we tend to just like invite them to church and then we don't want to like ask anything or say anything after that. It's like, no, ask them be like, so what did, did you hear anything you hadn't heard before? Was there anything that kind of like excited you bothered you like i mean i mean there's you know the individual person right but like follow up and have a conversation more than once after that don't just leave it hanging be like you know keep that hook that's in there and keep reeling them (laughs) you know and for me to encourage the the fathers or the mothers whatever to if you can even just bare minimum read the christmas story okay awesome that that is at least something but I would encourage you to try to do more. Sing some songs. Sing some songs. Make make it you don't a have joyful to sound great. thing. <laughs> and and what it becomes if you just read the Christmas story before you open gifts or whatever your tradition might be or trying to start new ones, it becomes you sit down, you read it really quick, and then you get to the gifts. You just got to get through it. You got to get through it. And right. I mean, even the kids. The kids are sitting there looking at the Look gifts, at the knowing presents. we're yep. going to open this any minute now. <laughs> oh, but dad's or mom's got to get through the the, the story. And so it, it's really hard to to pay attention. So it is. to I use mean, things to grasp the kids' attention and to hold their attention. Something we do every year is when we're reading the Christmas story, we pull down whatever nativity we have, and the kids kind of just sit there on the floor and kind of act it out with all the little characters as he's reading it. And that and and so far that has really been good for oh, yeah. them. They love it. Um, that will that will fade away as they get older yeah, for some course. of them, obviously, yeah. and things will change. But that's a good thing for little kids. But they as love it. as your older kids get older, they there the will be younger kids under right. to then for them to right, help because right. exactly it will be a and that's kind of the whole training process <laughs> goes on for infinity. Goes on for <laughs> at least for the next twenty years. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for us. Okay. <laughs> Oh man! The so, person in my womb is like. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, so encouraging people to say Merry Christmas. Real quick, before we do that, I just yeah. want to say, like, a little again, peel back the curtain of us as is just as people. If you don't know us, this right here, what we're doing tonight. He's moving his hand in a circle I to am. show you. I'm going to be the commentator for everything we do. So, so much talking with our hands. <laughs> but uh, this right here that we're that we're doing, uh, we do this when we're together, just sitting in Without Austin and Emily's, uh, yes. you know, kitchen, just talking. And and this this is what we do without microphones. And, and so you are getting a pretty good glimpse of our friendship. It's of pretty that. true. It, it's pretty raw, and this is what we do: we, side tangents and stupid <laughs> That's jokes. That's why we and, have like a four hour long recording time this is gonna be a long maybe an hour and a half worth of material yeah we're we're, we're gonna be splitting this one for sure i don't know maybe maybe not again shout out to my mom for keeping the kids (laughs) that is true yeah so yes she didn't hear that because you guys were talking oh sorry go ahead (laughs) i was just saying shout out to my mom for keeping the kids there we go thank you (laughs) so yeah but yeah so anyway that's just as i thought of that in this moment like i mean this is this is just what we do yeah but now we're just recording it Exactly. Yeah, well, I kind of thought... everyone else can hear it. I kind of thought last time, I was like, am I going to feel, like, nervous? I don't normally get nervous for things like that, but I was like, am I going to feel nervous? And then I was like, 
I don't feel even serious. <laughs> I'm nervous, so that's probably a problem. <laughs> no, that's good. Um, bef- right. Before we move on to your to the next topic, can we talk a little bit about Christmas Eve service, though? Yes. Because a lot yeah. of people, um, not only do, are they this year, do they have the opportunity to skip church on Sunday? Right. They also, most people <sighs> don't like going to a Christmas Eve service if they have other things going on. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So I would say, first of all, if your church has a Christmas Eve service, be there. Be there. I mean, I, I get that there are family things that don't line up, but that is your chance to show your family, especially if they're an unbelieving family, you get to show them what's most important to you. Yeah. It's like, I will be there after or before or whatever. Yeah. We, we have that opportunity on Christmas Eve, too, and I think that's an even bigger deal if you're willing to leave in the evening and go yes. do something like that, especially this year in our area where it's going to be super duper it's gonna cold. be so cold so well and now it, and, and and if there is like a ton of snow on the road i'm, I'm not saying like go be dangerous like well, don't be, yeah we will definitely not go if there's if it's dangerous discernment <laughs> yeah yes yeah. yeah but no it, and it is such an awesome opportunity to go now okay prefacing we don't know the exact day christ is born sure this is just a day in which we celebrate christ's birth so christmas eve being the night before or literally hours, as in Mary is in labor, about to give birth to the Messiah. What an awesome opportunity to go to the place of worship as the church, not going to the church, but going as the church, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. We are going as one in corporate worship and in unison to await the coming of our Messiah as one unified thing and then to come back the very next day to say we stayed up (laughs) to watch the birth of our future spouse king with the host of the angels and god and now we are coming for the day of his birth once he's already born to proclaim it to the world yeah and it is such a beautiful opportunity it it really is and you know i love the way we do it where we take communion Yes. Even because yeah, we are of course. not only celebrating his birth, but we're celebrating his death and resurrection mm-hmm. because <laughs> without one, there is no other. Without right. the birth, you can't have it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. It's just, it's the start of the whole salvation story unfolding before our eyes. We're getting pumped up. We probably got another yeah. two hours to go. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> well, and this gets me to okay, as Christians, say Merry Christmas. I mean, okay, that's been an issue for the past, you know, 30 years. People trying to get rid of Merry Christmas to Happy Holidays, stuff like that. And, and it, it could still be a little bit of an issue, for sure. Well, and there is an element of, sure, you've got, like we talked about earlier, there are multiple holidays. You know, it doesn't have to be a negative thing, but there's right. plenty of that campaign still happening. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Not as much as it was, but definitely still happening. So. Yeah. Well, and because what does Merry Christmas actually mean? Merry Christmas, in the words of Doug Wilson, it is, Merry Christmas is death to tyranny. Or um, tyranny is dead. And I then, think we should just start saying I think we should say it. Tyranny is dead. <laughs> I, when someone says happy holidays or Merry Christmas at the store from now on, I'm going to be like, death to tyranny to you too. <laughs> and keep the change. <laughs> yep. You filthy animal. <laughs> no, it, so just a couple many. of them. It's forever live the king or the king has come. Merry Christmas. That's what it means. It's a loaded statement. It's a loaded statement. Yeah. That's tossed around a lot. It is. And the meaning's lost. But they're saying it. 
they're they're walking into this unknowingly. Yeah. Yeah. But but also, I, I do feel like we put so much into that issue still, and people are are always like, oh, you know, I'm gonna say Merry Christmas to really spite the pagans and all of this <laughs> stuff, and it's like, really, what what we're fighting against now, you know, because that was like he said the past forty however many years that's really been the prevalent thing right now the last 10 or so the and especially the last couple it's just become rampant is really what we were talking about with the whole pagan thing that's really what we're fighting we're fighting other christians who are just hateful toward the idea of christmas and anyone who celebrates it right yes so yeah no this leads us into the next topic talking about the christians that uh, we look as the bah humbugs or as those who are begrudging, very prideful. So prideful. So Romans chapter fourteen. I'm going to read verses one through twelve. It says, "As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables." Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats. For God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God. While the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and lived again, and he might be Lord both of dead and of the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to me. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. So, the purpose in reading this is... Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. If you are proclaiming Christ and you are saying, I am not celebrating this day because of X, Y, Z, be fully convinced of it and stick to it. But do not pass judgment on those believers who do. And for us believers who are full bore saying this is a very, very good thing, do not pass judgment on those and do not look down on those who do not just be fully convinced yeah now and when, be, be wise be discerning if you take the information yes do the research don't do it out of anger or bitterness or like what we talked about earlier that that whole like swing too far on the other side of the pendulum because we we do tend to do that like you were talking about earlier brad we we're on this road and there's a ditch on both sides <laughs> and if you fall into one, we tend to overcorrect and hop into yep. the other one. And that's not good either. We want to stay on the road, yes. on the path, and stay out of both ditches. And what is the purpose? What is the whole purpose? Christ. For, for me, as the one celebrating Christmas, um, looking at it from kind of the perspective of 
um, when, when it talks in the beginning, uh, the one person believes he may eat anything while the weak person eats only vegetables, talking about meat. And this specifically is talking about meat that is used for sacrifices to pagan idols. And whenever the meat was not sacrificed completely, like there was some left, the next day they would take that meat and they'd sell it in the meat market. But it was discounted, so it was cheaper. And he he's basically saying, look, for those who are able to go get this meat and eat it, they're the more spiritually mature in their faith because they're able to look at that meat saying, that's God's meat. That's the cattle on the uh, on a thousand hills. The, that's all God's. all God's. That yeah. None of that's pagan. That's God's. And even if it was sacrificed to a pagan, there's no such thing as a, a, as a oh, false god. god. Right. Right. And so to take that and eat it and be fine with it versus... Someone who could have come from that pagan root, who could have been sacrificing to that idol, and now looks on that meat as, I cannot touch that meat. But what are they both doing? They're both doing it for God. So, again, if you are not celebrating Christmas because you believe it's sinful, or you believe that you can't do it because your conscience does not allow you, and you're fully convinced, praise be to God, you're doing it for God. But if you're doing it out of a, someone says, hey, yeah, we're, we're going to go light the candle of joy, or hey, we're, we're going to Christmas Eve service, and you throw out the, oh, well, actually, Christmas is pagan. And it's like, well, you need to be very careful, and you need to be able to structure that a little bit better, and not be so begrudging in that. But then the other one, it gets in two days. It literally says, one person esteems one day as better than another. Well, another esteems all days alike. Now, we're not looking as Christmas as any other, any day that is better than any other day, for today is a day that the Lord has made. All days are important. This is just a time in which we are setting aside for this. And literally talking in our Advent episode about the holy days, about God gifting us a day, said, I am giving you this day as a feast, as a holy convocation, a time that you can set aside and do this. And we do that every week. There is a weekly Sabbath for rest. And it's a set-aside day so that we can be purposeful in everything we do. Because if not, then literally all our days are going to blend together. And we'll get complacent. We'll forget you know, we'll we'll forsake the gathering of of believers. Like we we just won't do it because we we get so busy and we just get so caught up in our ourselves and 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 maybe not on purpose, maybe not intentional, but we just we do we get caught up in us. Well, yeah. and if we have a meh, who cares kind of attitude toward Christmas and resurrection, those kinds of things. That's going to seep in because that is within the heart, you know, and it, yeah. it's flowing from the heart. If, if you can't celebrate on those kinds of days, you're not going to be able to go to church on a Sunday, every Sunday, and offer God a worship that is pleasing to him. Right. Which is also a controversial <laughs> topic. But Yeah, yeah. And, and even I know there are a lot of people that hate Christmas or just... Don't care. Have, no, have, I don't know, they just have bad associations with it Mm. because of their past because of uh, losing people because of yeah yeah, because of things like that and the the let's let him redeem that too 
this is not to be insensitive to people who have that attached um, to that. I, I I know many people who have lost family members and they don't know they don't know how to handle Christmas exactly. now because yeah. because it was such a family ordeal. And and so I get that. I get yeah. that, but do not let that unfortunate thing turn your mind from Christ especially, and, and remove him from this. Especially if the person that you lost was a believer. Was a believer mm. yeah. yes. Because what's happening is that person is is in in theory or or even in practice celebrating Christmas mm. in front of the king that yeah. we are celebrating his you know waiting right. to meet him yeah well, and so like they're, they're they are celebrating christmas yeah they're, they are, they're mm, getting the whole thing they're getting all of it yeah in yeah. person with him right. right there yeah and so you think they're mourning the fact that they're not here with us mm. <laughs> no well, they're not like yeah they're waiting for I, I i think there's recognition in heaven and and i i think that they're mm. probably waiting for us on some level to to join them with it maybe i don't know all, all yeah. believers but, i would assume yeah but like they're not they're not saying man i wish i was with so-and-so today because it's christmas right why would they're, they when they're, they're there the presence like, of the yeah. king right. yeah so especially if the person you lost was a believer yes don't I, let I, this steal your don't joy. let it steal your joy i, I, can, mm-hmm. I can't imagine how difficult it is like mm-hmm. to be honest with you like I've lost one grandparent in my 34 years of life which is unbelievable and, and amazing That's and impressive. You know, our first Christmas without him was was definitely different, and and had its moments of man, this is this is a little rough. But he didn't he didn't he didn't die at Christmas, and so like I don't I've never had that experience of someone mm-hmm. losing someone close to me right at Christmas. So I can't imagine what that feels like. Right to then, you know, oh every year be reminded not only of that loss of them not being around you, but also having to try to celebrate Christmas. I, I can't imagine. Yeah. But that's exactly what Emily said. Let God redeem that for you. Yes. Right. Let him in and say, let me worship in this moment of even being sad still. Like, mm-hmm. I still want to worship. And, yeah, you and, don't have to pause your grief. Right. Because you can't. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And I can't imagine. I mean, we've we've lost several people around Christmas. And I, I, I do think about it often, about how those kinds of things will be if, with losing anyone. Yeah. Um, that, that's that close. So I I can imagine on that kind of level, but I would never like take that away from you. But let God take it away. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, like that's just it sounds too easy. It does at, from yeah. someone who hasn't had to do it, and I yeah, get right. that. But there is hope in all of this. That's kind of the point. So yeah. that's kind of my little word of encouragement. And for me, it it leads to. As Christians, the way we act and the way we conduct ourselves in this season, but especially all year round. As we pointed to as this is the advent of Christ's first coming. But he's already come. He's already been here. He's already died. He sits on the right hand of of the throne of God. And he's waiting for the enemies of his enemies to be placed into subjection under his feet as a footstool. And so we are looking at the next advent, the advent of his second coming. But with this... When God the Father says your bride's ready. Right, exactly. But with this one, this is, again, such a great opportunity in the way we are to act and to show people to whom, to what people, our Savior came. And I go to Colossians chapter 3, starting verse 12 through 17, and says, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, 
kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanks, thankfulness in your hearts, in, in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And I believe that literally sums up everything we are to do in this season of Christmas, but our entire life, our entire life as Christians. So Christmas is a very important thing, as I hope you have gleaned from all of this. And we love it. And we love it. Yeah, we, we, love it. we love it. But if we are speaking to someone saying, hey, we're going to go to our Christmas Eve service, and they're like, eh, cool. I mean, we're, we don't want to because it's not really biblical. It's like, you're right, it's not. And and that's cool. I'm not judging you at all. I'm not condemning you in any way. Not as, uh, actually, from Doug Wilson, it's like, not, not to be mean or anything, but Merry Christmas. <laughs> I'm going to go. Yeah. And and that's it. It is it is not anti-biblical. It is extra-biblical. Extra, yeah. And and it's not so much extra-biblical <laughs> because it's based biblically. We are just celebrating the birth of our Messiah. I will say this, uh, to, to piggyback off of that, with again we've alluded to this or said this multiple times with christmas being on a sunday Hmm. don't skip church don't don't skip church just because it's christmas Mm -hmm. (laughs) go to church because it's christmas Christmas. (laughs) and 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 push off your traditions for a couple of hours like it's this is more important and gathering together with fellow believers is is it, it, crucial. It's critical. I think that's been a theme from episode one of this podcast is gathering together with believers is crucial. Mm. And that does not change because this year, December 25th, happens to fall on a Sunday. Yes. That should not change any of that. Well, And, and for us, it's ac- so cool. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, if you have access to a Christmas Eve service, go to it. If go you have it. one at your church or if you've been invited to one by whoever, Go. Why, why not? <laughs> why not? Yeah. And, and like I said, having, having Christmas fall on a Sunday, for us with our Advent calendar, lighting our fourth on Christmas, but we're lighting our white candle on Christmas Eve. And for us, it's just, a, just a, a such a beautiful <laughs> representation of the whole process because Christmas Eve, Christ comes into the world, the light of the world, to light us up at, in our darkest moment. And the very next day, is the day we light the candle of peace and of love. For the light of the world came into the world, bring peace on earth, goodwill towards men. And it, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. So I just want to conclude this episode with reading Luke 2. I'm going to go verses 1 through 21. We see the, birth, the story of Jesus' birth throughout the gospel. We see it in Matthew, we see it in Luke. And I, I truly believe... It is one of the most consequential verses or passages of the entirety of Scripture. Because mm-hmm. without Luke chapter 2, the rest of this book means nothing. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and so it, it is a, a crazy 
it, it, ooh, it is of utmost importance. Mm. That I'm going to edit that word out. <laughs> the crazy, uh, the crazy word. I'm gonna edit that out. But no, it is of utmost importance. It is, it is the most consequential passage in scripture, or at least one of them. Yes. Uh, you know, beyond. Well, without it, there would none of the rest would be there. So yeah, it is. Yeah. It is the single most important. So. So as you're reading it, we need some somber, like silent night in the background. Um, no, I don't think so. I'm go start humming. Start humming it for me. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Please don't. So Luke chapter two verses one through twenty one. And I've been reading this out of the English Standard Version, as we pretty much always do. It says, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quinerius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and laying in a manger. And suddenly there was an there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into the heavens, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with, with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby laying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Praise be to God. Luke chapter 2, the crux of our faith, what we are celebrating this weekend Christmas Eve and Christmas, please, please, please take time and reflect. Stop with the busyness, the the hustle and bustle of Christmas that we all fall into at times and remember why we are doing this and why we celebrate this holiday. Yes. And why it's so important. It is pivotal. It is the single greatest day in history. Jesus Christ born. All hail the King. Yeah. Amen. So in other words, we love you guys. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And stay Stay rooted. rooted.